Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. I'm sorry, he's very eccentric. I want one. No. If you could make God bleed, people will cease to believe in him. They will be blood in the water. And the sharks will come. weapon turned over to the United States of America. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Contrary to popular belief, I know exactly what I'm doing. What? What I saw you do to Tony Stark on that track? Wow. You need my resources. I want to make Iron Man look like an antique. This whole lone gunslinger act's unnecessary. You don't have to do this alone. Plays textbook narcissism. Agreed. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Iron Man 2 from 2010. The studio was Paramount Pictures, or at least it was distributed through Paramount. It's really Marvel Studios. The release date? May 7, 2010, with a running time of 124 minutes. The rating PG-13, the budget $200 million, and the box office took in $312 million domestic gross. That, w- that made it the third-ranked movie of 2010. It made an extra $311 million internationally. It was a huge box office smash. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 72% fresh from 302 reviews. Their critics' consensus is it isn't quite the breath of fresh air that Iron Man 2008 was, But this sequel comes close with solid performances and an action-packed plot. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars, and here's his review. Iron Man 2 is a polished, high-octane sequel. Not as good as the original, but building once again on the quirky performance by Robert Downey Jr. The superhero genre doesn't necessarily require good acting, but when it's there, as in Iron Man and the Dark Knight, that takes it up a level. Downey here gives us Tony Stark, who is cockier and more egotistical than ever, Or, and here's the key, he seems to be. 
All heroes have a fatal flaw. That's one of the rules of the road in fiction. Tony Stark's flaw is that he is dying. The megalomaniac act comes naturally, but now it's useful as a cover-up. His chest-mounted battery pack or life source or whatever it is is running low and poisoning his blood. It works by using the rarest element in the periodic table, and to renew it would require discovering or inventing a new element, which is not easy. The best CGI sequence in the movie comes at midpoint, when Tony Stark decides to drive his own car in the Monaco Grand Prix, and Ivan Vanko stands fearlessly in the middle of the race, dressed like a kinky gladiator and wielding electric whips that can slice a car in two. He nearly destroys Stark, which is so exciting that we forget to wonder how he knew that Tony was driving his own car. It's after this race that Hammer signs him up. Mickey Rourke gives us all the Ivan Vanko we could possibly wish for, unless he had a third arm to provide space for more tattoos. His performance features flashing his gold teeth in mirthless laughter and lots of growling. Sam Rockwell gives a wry comic performance as Hammer, a querulous whiner who seems in over his head in the super weapons business. You want a sequel? You got a sequel. Iron Man 2, directed like the first one by Jon Favreau, gets the job done. Since both movies have essentially the same story arc, there aren't a lot of surprises, however, which started me to wondering how the guys survive inside those suits. Sure, the suits are armored, but their bodies aren't. How many dizzying falls and brutal blows and sneaky explosions can you survive without breaking every bone in your body? Just asking. At the end of a long day, those suits should be filled up with bloody pulp. And that's the end of Ebert's review. Ebert, as he usually does, is spot on with his reviews. And I personally enjoy all of the original MCU films and the genius of Kevin Feige, the producer and the main architect of the universe, is that he came up with a foolproof blueprint for each film. And so, yes, it makes the film somewhat predictable, but it doesn't matter. However, in my opinion, this will only work for the initial batch of films, which were there were 23, and that comes from the first three phases of the Infinity Saga. Now, after Avengers Endgame, I think there's a burnout factor. There definitely is. Definitely for me. Maybe not for others. All right, the main cast. Here are the returning players. You get Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, and John Favreau. He's acting and directing. The new players... Don Cheadle replaces Terrence Howard as Rhodey. Samuel L. Jackson, though he did appear in the post-credits uh, clip in the first film, he's new. Scarlett Johansson's new. Sam Rockwell and Mickey Rourke. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So the first film was enormously successful and somewhat surprising. And by having the ending of the first film be a big reveal to the public that Tony Stark was Iron Man, it perfectly set up a major plot point for the sequel. However, with the sequel, the filmmakers could no longer stink up on the audience like they did in the first film. Nobody was expecting the first film to be as good as it was, especially after past Marvel duds. Daredevil, Fantastic Four, there are a lot. So Iron Man 2 had lofty expectations, plus, knowing that the Avengers would eventually be released, they couldn't do everything in the sequel, so a bit had to be held back which is actually somewhat frustrating as a standalone film and sort of an issue later in the MCU universe. Unlike most superhero films up to that point, Iron Man became a bit more of a character study rather than nonstop CGI action, and this would later change as the MCU went along, but we'll get there in the next few years of episodes that I have. The character study comes from Tony Stark being a complicated character, and the machine that's keeping him alive is also killing him, as Ebert said. So we get John Favreau back as director, and interestingly enough, actor and writer Justin Thoreau wrote the screenplay. 
Thoreau actually wrote, co-wrote Tropic Thunder as well. For Robert Downey Jr., the success of the first Iron Man film really put his career on a different level and really completed the positive cycle of his Hollywood comeback after years of battling personal issues and drug abuse. Between the first and second Iron Man films, he starred in Tropic Thunder and Sherlock Holmes. It was also important for the MCU to have a, a name and a top actor like Downey lead the universe, because for the most part, none of the actors, with maybe the exception of Chadwick Boseman, possibly Chris Pratt, none of them have the same sort of star draw like Downey does. Also, for the sequel, the main Iron Man suit is revised a bit. It's a, it's a bit more sleeker, it's lighter, and it fits better to Stark's body. Also, you have War Machine suits that will eventually be used by Rhodey. For the villains, the producers looked at various characters, and the Whiplash character of Ivan Vanko seemed like the most intriguing. And plus, Mickey Rourke added a darkness to the character and worked very closely with Favreau on the character. Rourke also liked the fact that his original suit early on in the film, it wasn't a full-body-covered type of suit. You could still see his flesh, which was unique. Unlike the older actor, Scarlett Johansson really had a good time with the stunt work and trained very hard with the wire work to get her moves down playing Black Widow. And it definitely shows on screen as her moves are the most athletic looking of all the characters. Even more impressive was that Iron Man 2 was really her first action role at this point in her career. And even though CGI is definitely heavily used in this film, the filmmakers were conscientious to use real stunts to add a bit of realism and old-school special effects to the mix. Sadly, as we get further into the tech age, you know, those terrific stunts from the past are being used less and less, and it really makes for a sterile-looking film. Now, for the score, you have the traditional orchestral score. But for some of the fight scenes, like with Black Widow, guitarist Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave was brought in to play guitar, which added sort of a modern and heavy rock flair to the score. He played a bit in the original film as well. Also, Morello was a huge Iron Man fan growing up. Originally, Nick Fury and the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization was created as Marvel's take on the James Bond creative of the 1960s, and that also connected all the Marvel characters together, which was very cool. Of course, that had to be integrated into the MCU movies and began with Iron Man. Now, the leader of the group is the grizzled war veteran Nick Fury. The character also changed over time in the comics, and even Samuel L. Jackson was shocked to see that he pretty much looked like the character years later in the revision. And he only knew the original white character from the 60s. And ultimately, the screen presence of Samuel L. Jackson can't be denied. And he's really the only one that competes with Robert Downey Jr. with regards to star power. So Black Widow, which is Natasha slash Natalie, it's an interesting character in the sense that she was a Soviet agent who didn't suit up in a costume like the other superheroes. Again, just like S.H.I.E.L.D., the Black Widow character was created during the spy craze of the 1960s, and specifically, she was a defector from Russia at the height of the Cold War. Making her even more interesting is her acrobatic nature, which came from her specialized training as a world-class ballerina as a child. Plus, she has an old-school Hollywood femme fatale vibe to her, which definitely works on screen. Now, in Iron Man, they basically reinvented the character with an up-and-coming actress at the time in Scarlett Johansson. And the Black Widow character didn't have the hardcore Cold War Russian defector vibe. It's much more subtle, where she can just be young and sort of a badass special agent. Rhodey, of course, was a key character in the first Iron Man film as a close confidant to Tony Stark. In the sequel, Rhodey gets more of a chance to become a mission and fighting companion of Tony's by having his own suit, and then is known as War Machine. What complicates matters is that Rhodey isn't a private citizen like Tony is. He has a big boss, the U.S. military, and they believe they own the suit. 
Rhodey is basically using the suit on a loan, which adds a conflict of interest. The main difference with War Machine compared to Iron Man is that sort of offensive attack weaponry is pretty much what War Machine is all about, whereas Iron Man is more nuanced with his gadgets, which don't always go for the kill shot. Also, the main difference in the comic storyline is that Rhodey starts to go a bit insane using the suit that was meant for Tony. The movie doesn't touch this topic at all, though, of course, Rhodey's persona has to slightly change being able to use a suit of armor that he's never used before in battle. Now, with regards to Don Cheadle replacing Terrence Howard as Rhodey, I covered Terrence Howard's personality issues, which led him not to return in the sequel in the Iron Man 2008 episode, so go back and listen to that. But if you need to know the quick version, Favreau thought Howard was difficult on the first film, and then when Howard asked for more money in the sequel, it was an easy decision for the studio just to basically say, you know what, let's move on, we're going to replace you. And they replaced him with Don Cheadle, and arguably, Don Cheadle's better, in my opinion. Okay, let's get into the film. So at the end of the first Iron Man movie, Tony Stark held a press conference saying that he's Iron Man. He went off script and basically ignored the statement that he was supposed to give from S.H.I.E.L.D. So pretty much like every high-quality sequel released after The Godfather Part Two, which was in 1974, it was always a good idea to give a quick synopsis of the prior film, and that's what they do. So watching this press conference on television in Russia is a dying scientist and former Stark Enterprise employee named Anton Vanko. His son is Ivan Vanko, played by Mickey Rourke. Now, Anton's final words before his death is that he can only give his knowledge to his son. After a gruesome scream that is mandatory for any superhero movie, a la Christopher Reeve in, in the original Superman after Lois Lane is buried after that earthquake, Ivan then finds the blueprints to an arc reactor. It's the same device used to keep Tony Stark alive, along with powering the Iron Man suit. We then get a montage of Ivan putting together his own version of the arc reactor in his makeshift, very primitive laboratory. Which, of course, is a nod to the first film when Tony was being held captive in the Middle East putting together his first Iron Man suit with primitive technology. We then move ahead six months and we hear the familiar guitar riffs of the great ACDC as the song Shoot to Thrill plays. The idea of having a band introduce Tony Stark fit the idea that he was basically a rock star of sorts after his Iron Man announcement. So even though the official soundtrack of the sequel was released with nothing but past ACDC tracks, only two songs are actually in the film, the other being Highway to Hell. So even though ACDC has never officially released a Greatest Hits album, they have two soundtrack albums, uh, one called Who Made Who, which was based on the Maximum Overdrive movie from Stephen King, and then this film, Iron Man 2, is basically a Greatest Hits album too, but they're considered soundtracks. Additionally, John Favreau actually met with Malcolm and Angus Young from ACDC, and they loved what he did uh, with the song Back in Black in the first movie, and they didn't even realize that, the, that them as a band had granted rights to the song to the film, uh, but they enjoyed the first film so much that they were happy to allow more music to be used in the sequel. Plus, John Favreau is a huge fan of the band and saw them live on the For Those About to Rock tour in 1982. Tony using his Iron Man powers and his suit for more promotional purposes, and in this case, he's flying in to promote his company expo in New York City, and he is his usual arrogant self, but even more than before. Oh, it's good to be back. You missed me. I missed a few. Blow something up. I already did that. I'm not saying that... The world is enjoying its longest period of uninterrupted peace in years because of me. I'm not saying 
that from the ashes of captivity never has a greater phoenix metaphor been personified in human history. I'm not saying that Uncle Sam can kick back on a lawn chair sipping on an iced tea because I haven't come across anyone who's man enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on my best day. Please, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not even about us. It's about legacy. It's about what we choose to leave behind for future generations. And that's why for the next year, and for the first time since 1974, the best and brightest men and women of nations and corporations the world over will pool their resources, share their collective vision to leave behind a brighter future. It's not about us. Therefore, what I'm saying, if I'm saying anything, is welcome back to the Stark Expo. The Expo, as we come to find out, was also a way to bring back the past, but also bring the futuristic vision that Tony's father, Howard, had for his company from the start. And part of that was hosting the Expos from many years prior. As Tony leaves the Expo, we see Larry Ellison, who is the CEO of Oracle, and the great Stan Lee cameo, uh, where he's called Larry King by Tony. <laughs> Everything seems to be going great for Tony and his bodyguard, Happy Hogan, John Favreau. And then this happens. Come on, Tony. There we go. Very new It wasn't so bad. No, it was perfect. Look what we got here, oh, the new cool. model. Hey, does she come with the car? Let's certainly hope so. Hi. Hi. And you are? Marshall. Irish. Pleased like to meet you, Tony. I'm on the wheel. You mind? Where are you from? Bedford. What are you doing here? Looking for you. Yeah, tell me. <clears throat> what are you up to later? Serving subpoenas. Yikes. He doesn't like to be handed things. Yeah, I have a peeve. Oh, uh, I got it. You are hereby ordered to appear before the Senate Armed Services Committee tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Can I see a badge? He wants to see the badge. He likes the badge. You still like it? Yep. How far are we from D.C.? D.C.? 250 miles. So it's off to Washington, D.C. for Tony to testify at the Senate hearing. One of the senators leading the hearing is played by the late great comedian Gary Shandling. And a so-called weapons expert is called to testify against Tony is named Justin Hammer, played by Sam Rockwell. We also get an appearance from Tony's friend and colleague, Lieutenant Rhodes, now played by Don Cheadle. Mr. Stark, did we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Can I have your attention? Absolutely. Do you or do you not possess a specialized weapon? I do not. You do not? I do not. Well, it depends on how you define the word weapon. The Iron Man weapon. My device does not fit that description. How would you describe it? I would your describe device? it by defining it as what it is, Senator. As? Uh, it's a, mm, a high-tech prosthesis. <laughs> that is, that is, that's actually the most apt description I could make of it. It's a weapon. It's a weapon, Mr. Stark. I hate Please, to if your you. priority was actually the, the well-being... No, my priority of is to get the Iron Man weapon turned over to the people of the United States of America. Well, you can forget it. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. To turn over the Iron Man suit would be to turn over myself, which is tantamount to indentured servitude or prostitution, depending on what state you're in. You can't have it. Uh, look, I, I'm no uh, expert. In prostitution, of course not. You're a senator. Come on. <laughs> I'm no expert in weapons. We have somebody here who is an expert on weapons. I would now like to call Justin Hammer. 
our current primary weapons contractor. Let the record reflect that I observed Mr. Hammer entering the chamber, and I am wondering if and when any actual expert will also be in attendance. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm no expert. I defer to you, Anthony. You're the wonder boy. Uh, Senator, if I may, I may well not be an expert, but you know who was the expert? Your dad, Howard Stark, really a father to us all, and to the military-industrial age. But let's just be clear, he was no flower child. He was a lion. We all know why we're here. In the last six months, Anthony Stark has created a sword with untold possibilities, and yet he insists it's a shield. He asks us to trust him as we cower behind it. I wish I were comforted, Anthony. I, I really do. I'd love to leave my door unlocked when I leave the house. But this ain't Canada. You know, we live in a world of grave threats, threats that Mr. Stark will not always be able to foresee. Thank you. God bless Iron Man. God bless America. That is well said, Mr. Hammer. The committee would now like to invite Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes to the chamber. Rhodey? What? Hey, buddy. Didn't expect to see you here. Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's I, move on. I, I just... I drop it. All right. I'll drop it. I have before me a complete report on the Iron Man weapon compiled by Colonel Rhodes. And, Colonel, for the record, can you please read page 57, paragraph 4? You're requesting that I read specific selections from my report, Senator? Yes, sir. It's my understanding that I was going to be testifying in a much more comprehensive and, and detailed manner. I understand. Manner. A lot of things have changed today. You so do understand you just that read... reading a single paragraph out of context does not reflect the summary of my Just read it, findings. Colonel. I do. Thank you. Very well. As he does not operate within any definable branch of government, Iron Man presents a potential threat to the security of both the nation and to her interests. I did, however, go on to summarize that the benefits of Iron uh, Man uh, far uh, outweigh the liabilities, uh, that's and enough. that it would that's be in enough, our Colonel. interest to that, fold Mr. Enough. Stark into the existing chain of command. I'm Senator. not a joiner, but I'll consider Secretary of Defense. If you ask nice, we can amend the hours a little bit. I'd like to go on and show, if I may, the imagery that's connected to your report. I believe it is somewhat premature to uh, reveal these images with, to with the general public respect, at this time. Colonel, I understand, and if you could just narrate those for us, we'd be very grateful. The images. Intelligence suggests that the devices seen in these photos are, in fact, attempts at making manned copies of Mr. Stark's suit. This has been corroborated by our allies and local intelligence on the ground indicating that these suits are uh, quite possibly at this moment operational. Hold on my second bite. Let me see. Some oh, boy, I'm good. I come into your screens. I need him. Time for a little transparency. Now let's see what's really going on. What does he do? If you'll direct your attention to said screens, I believe that's North Korea. Turn that off. Take it off. Iran. No grave, immediate threat here. Is that Justin Hammer? How did Hammer get in the game? Justin, you're on TV. Focus up. 
Okay, give me a left twist. Left, go to the right. Wow. Yeah, I'd say uh, most countries five, ten years away. Hammer Industries, 20. I'd like to point out that that test pilot survived. I think we're done is the point that he's making. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason I can... The point is, uh, you're welcome, I what? guess. Because I'm your nuclear deterrent. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. Thank you, Mr. Stark. Thank you, buddy. We're adjourned. We're adjourned for the day. Okay. You've been a delight. <laughs> so that completely backfired on the senator and Justin Hammer. I mean, if only all Senate hearings could have a screw you outcome in real life. That would be great, but I digress. Shambling and Downey had a terrific time with this scene, often improvising off each other. And John Favreau said he was lucky to get Shambling for the film, as he di really didn't appear in movies that often. However, unbeknownst to Tony and everyone else, is that there is indeed a threat in progress in Russia from Ivan Vanko. We go from the dingy workshop of Ivan to Tony's glamorous workstation in Malibu, California, where we find out from Jarvis about Tony's arc reactor, and also his general health, and an appearance from Pepper Potts, Gwyneth Paltrow. Wake up, daddy son. Welcome home, sir. Congratulations on the opening ceremonies. They were such a success, as was your Senate hearing. And may I say how refreshing it is to finally see you in a video with your clothing on, sir. You! I swear to God, I'll dismantle you, I'll soak your motherboard, I'll turn you into a wine rack. How many ounces a day of this gobbledygook am I supposed to drink? We are up to 80 ounces a day to counteract the symptoms, sir. Check palladium levels. Blood toxicity, 24%. It appears that the continued use of the Iron Man suit is accelerating your condition. Another core has been depleted. God, they're running out quick. I have run simulations on every known element, and none can serve as a viable replacement for the Palladium core. You are running out of both time and options. Unfortunately, the device that's keeping you alive is also killing you. Miss Potts is approaching. I recommend that you inform her Mute. of... Uh-uh. Is this a joke? What are you thinking? What? What are you thinking? Hey, I'm thinking I'm busy and you're angry about something. Do you have the sniffles? I don't want to get sick. Did you just Keep donate our entire modern art collection to, to the... Boy Scouts, Boy of Scouts of America. Yes, it is a worthwhile organization. I didn't physically check the crates, but basically, yes. And it's not our collection, it's my collection. No offense. No, you know what? I think I'm actually entitled to say our collection, considering the time that I put in over 10 years curating that. It's a tax yes. write-off. I needed that. You know, there's only about 8,011 things that I really need to talk to you about. Johnny. Hey, stop spacing out. The Bridgeport's already machining that part. The expo is a gigantic waste of time. I need you to wear a surgical mask until you're feeling better. Is that okay? That's rude. There's nothing more important to me than the expo. It's my primary point of concern. The I don't know why you're... The expo is your ego going crazy. Wow. Look at that. That's modern art. 
That's going up. Oh, you've got I'm to I'm going to put kidding. this up right now. Stark is, is in complete disarray. Do you understand no, that? No, our stocks have never been higher. Yes, you from a managerial standpoint. Well, if it's messy, Let then let's double back. Let's move on to another. Oh, no, 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 no. You are not taking down the Barnett Newman and I'm hanging that up. I'm not taking it down. I'm just replacing it with this. Let's see what I can get. Okay, on. fine. My point is. We have already awarded contracts yeah. to the wind farm people. Don't say wind farm, and I'm already feeling gassy. And to the plastic plantation treat, which was yeah. your idea, by the way. Those people right. are on payroll, Everything was and my you idea. won't make a decision. I don't care about the liberal agenda anymore. It's boring, boring. I'm giving you a boring alert. You do it. I do what? Excellent idea. I just figured this out. You run the company. Yeah. Pepper needs to I'm run trying to run the company. Well, stop trying you to do it and do it. I'm not asking you to try to do it. I'm asking you to physically do it. I need you to do it. I am trying to do it. You're not listening to me. I'm trying to make you CEO. Why won't you let me? Have you been drinking? Uh, chlorophyll. I hereby irrevocably appoint you chairman and CEO of Stark Industries, effective immediately. Yeah, done deal. Okay. I've actually given this a fair amount of thought, believe it or not. Doing a bit of headhunting, so to speak. Trying to figure out who a worthy successor would be. And then I realized, it's you. It's always been you. I thought there'd be a legal issue, but actually I'm uh, capable of appointing my successor. My successor being you. Congratulations. Take it, just take it. I don't it. know what to think. Don't think, drink it. Well, Tony gives Pepper the keys to the company and lives his dream life, with the exception of an electronic device keeping him alive. Ivan obtains a fake passport and documents to travel to the United States. Because Pepper has gone from a personal assistant to CEO, nice career jump there, Tony hires another assistant, Natalie Rushman, who is Scarlett Johansson. At the time, we didn't know she's really part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and later the Avengers film. This is the only third film in the MCU, after all. I'm unhappy, Tom. Sorry. What the hell was that? It's called mixed martial arts. It's been around for three weeks. It's now. called dirty boxing. It's nothing new about it. All right, put them up. Come on. I promise you, this is the only time I will ask you to sign over your company. I need you to initial each box. Lesson one, never take your eye off. What's your name, lady? Rushman, Natalie Rushman. Front and center, come into the church. No, you're seriously not going to If it pleases her. the court, which it does. It's no problem. I'm sorry, he's very eccentric. What? Can you uh, give her a lesson? No problem. Who is she? She is from legal, and she is potentially a very expensive sexual harassment lawsuit if you keep ogling her like that. Yes, and I've got three excellent potential candidates that are lined up and ready to meet you. I don't have time to meet. I, I need someone now. I feel like it's her. No, it's not. You ever boxed before? I have, yes. Or like Tybo? 
booty boot camp brunch, something like that. <clears throat> How do I spell your name, Natalie? R-U-S-H-M-A-N. What are you gonna Google her now? Hmm? I thought I was ogling her. Oh, wow. Very, very impressive individual. So She's fluent in French, know. Italian, Russian, Latin. Who speaks Latin? No one speaks Latin. No it's a dead Latin. language. You, you can read Latin or you yeah, can yeah. write Latin, Did but you, you can't speak Latin. Because she modeled in Tokyo. Well. I need her. She's got everything that I need. Rule number one, never take your eye off your opponent. Oh, oh my God! Happy! That's what I'm talking about. Just slip. You did? Yeah. Looks like a TKO to me. Oh, just, um, I need your impression. You have quiet reserve. I don't know, you have an old soul. I, I meant know. your fingerprint. Right. <clears throat> so, how are we doing? Great, just wrapping up. Hey. You're the boss. Will that be all, Mr. Stark? Yes. No. That will be all, Miss Rushman. Thank you very much. I want one. No. Tony's next stop is Monaco for a Formula One race he plans to watch as his company sponsors a team. So while he's surrounded by friends, he also runs into an enemy, Justin Hammer. Bienvenue au Grand Prix de Monaco Historique. La course de cette année promet d'être excitant dans la toujours très spectaculaire série G. Meilleur participant de la planète Europe. Whatever happens the next 20 minutes, just go with it. Go with it, go, Mr. Stark. Hey. Hello. How was your flight? It was excellent. Oh, uh, it's nice to see you. We have one photographer from the ACM, if you don't mind. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. When did this happen? When you when? made me do it. I made you do it. You quit. Smile. Great right there. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff oh, acting constipated. You are don't so flare your nostrils. Right this that's way. Amazing Thanks. Thing. You look fantastic. Why? Thank you very but much. But that's unprofessional. What's on the docket? You have a 9:30 dinner. Perfect. I'll be there at 11. This is us. Absolutely. It can be. Great. Make it us. Okay. Mr. Musk. How are you? Congratulations on the promotion. Thank you very much. You're Thank right. you. Those Merlin engines are fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good idea for an electric jet. You do. Yeah. Then we'll make it work. You want a massage? Oh, God. No, I'll have Natalie make an appointment. I don't want you to be tense. I don't want Natalie to do By anything. By the way, I didn't mean to spring this Thank you very you. much. Green is not your best color. Anthony, is that you? My least favorite hey, person on earth, Justin. How you doing? Henry. You're not the only rich no. guy here with a fancy car. You know Christine Everhart from Vanity Fair? You guys know each other? Hi. Yes. Yes. Yes, roughly. We do. Roughly. BTW, big story. The new CEO of Stark Industries. Congratulations. I know. I know. My editor will kill me if I don't grab a quote for our powerful women issue. Oh, can I? Sure. Um, she's actually doing a big spread on me for Vanity Fair. Oh, I thought I I'd throw her a bone, you know. Right. right. Yes. Well, she did quite a spread on Tony last year. And she wrote a story as well. It was very <clears throat> impressive. That was good. Very well done. So, Thank you. I'm gonna Don't leave go me. wash. Hey, buddy. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. You're looking Please. gorgeous. Please. Is Can hey, I ask you? Is this fromage? Time that Say you guys have seen each oh, other. God, hey. it's so <laughs> awful. <laughs> Listen, it's the first time you've seen each other since the, the Senate. Uh, since he got his contract revoked. Well, actually, when you were it's on hold. To... It's not, That's uh, not what I heard. What's the difference between hold and cancel? Yes, what is? Uh, the truth? No, the truth is... Um, I'm going to put that away. Yeah. Uh, the truth is, um, I'm actually hoping to present something at your expo. Well, if you invent something that works, I'll make sure I get you a slot. 
Mr. Stark? Yes. The corner kidding. table is I actually right. have a slot this week. Yes, I do. Hammer needs a slot, Christine. We, we kid. Uh, <laughs> we kid. We're kidders. More concerning than the annoyance of Hammer is that Tony's blood toxicity levels keep rising. If he doesn't control it, it will prove fatal. So there's that issue. And then Tony decides to replace one of his drivers to compete in the race himself. And if that wasn't enough, he gets another surprise as Ivan appears in his new arc reactor suit, which includes arms that are lethal electrical whips. After destroying Tony's car, Happy gives Tony a suitcase that is a makeshift Iron Man suit. This was actually a great job by Jon Favreau to have a fight scene that didn't just evolve the Iron Man suits. You could actually see two people fighting outside of the armor. After taking a bit of a beating from Ivan, eventually the technology from Tony's suit overpowers Ivan and Tony defeats him and removes Ivan's arc reactor. Tony then visits Ivan in lockup. Pretty decent tech. Cycles per second were a little low. could double up your rotations. Focus the repulsor energy through ionized plasma channels. It's effective. Not very efficient. What's the passable knockoff? Uh, I don't get it. A little fine tuning. You could have made a solid paycheck. You could have sold it to North Korea, China, Iran, Oregon, right to the black market. You look like you got friends in low places. You come from a family of thieves and butchers. And now, like all guilty men, you try to rewrite your own history. And you forget all the lives the Stark family has destroyed. Speaking of thieves, where did you get this design? My father, Anton Anko. Well, I never heard of him. My father is the reason you're alive. The reason I'm alive is because you had a shot, you took it, you missed. Did I? If you can make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him. And there will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. The truth, all I have to do is sit here and watch as the world will consume you. Where will you be watching the world consume me from? That's right. A prison cell. I'll send you a bar cell. Hey, Tony, before you go, palladium in the chest. Painful way to die. Seva. As Tony mentioned, Ivan does indeed have friends in low places, and they help him break out of prison by giving him an explosive in his dinner tray to blow up the cell door. And the mastermind behind the breakout is Justin Hammer. Hey, there he is. There he is. What an absolute pleasure. Welcome. Oh, goodness gracious. Can we get the handcuffs off my friend here? Forgive me, I'm sorry. I'm such a huge fan of yours. I didn't want to make a first impression like this. He's not an animal. Come on. He's a human being. Thank you. Je te laisse pas, Fia. Laisse-nous. Je te laisse pas, you. Oui, oui. Uh, I'm fine. 
My name's Justin Hammer. I'd like to do some business with you. Please sit. <clears throat> Dig in. What do we have today, Jack? Um, we have some salmon carpaccio. Salmon carpaccio? Mm-mm. Anything you want here, we got it. I like my dessert first. Had this flown in from San Francisco. It's Italian, though. Organic ice cream. We got a sweet tooth. Apparently you do too for Tony Stark. What I saw you do to Tony Stark on that track, how you stepped up to him in front of God and everybody, that was, wow. You spoke to me with what you did, and I know that you knew that I'd be listening. This is why I couldn't bear to have you shipped off to God knows where. It would have been such a waste of talent. But if I might make a suggestion, you know, you don't just go and try and kill the guy. I think, if I may, you go after his legacy. That's what you kill. You and me, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. The only difference between you and I is that I have resources. I think, if I may, you need my resources. Someone behind you, a benefactor. I'd like to be that guy. <laughs> oh. Если мене убьють, не будуть і мене. Лучше мовити, що жити в вашій мірі. Okay. Do you speak English? Because I can get a translator. I I don't know. Have you been understanding everything I'm saying? Very good, man. Very good, man. man. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Huh? Hey. Yes. I want my bird. A bird. You want a bird? I want my bird. I can get you a bird. I can get you ten birds. I want my bird. Well, okay, nothing's impossible. I could... Are we talking about... Uh, is this a bird back in Russia? <laughs> Bird's the word, it seems. Tony starts to do some digging on Ivan and his father and also gets a visit from Rhodey. But the fundamentals of the company are still very, yes. very strong, despite yes, the events in Monaco. So you say that Tony's Yes, where is he? He doesn't want to be disturbed. He's downstairs. What happened in Monaco? Yes, but... But his continuing erratic behavior may lead many people to ask themselves, can this man still protect us? Iron Man never stopped protecting us. The events in Monaco prove that. Query complete, sir. Anton Vanko was a Soviet physicist who defected to the United States in 1963. However, he was accused of espionage and was deported in 1967. His son, Ivan, who is also a physicist, was convicted of selling Soviet-era weapons-grade plutonium to Pakistan and served 15 years in Kopiesk prison. No further records exist. Tony, you gotta get upstairs and get on top of this situation right now. Listen, I've been on the phone with the National Guard all day, trying to talk them out of rolling tanks up the PCH, knocking down your front door, and taking these. They're gonna take your suits, Tony, okay? They're sick of the games. You said nobody else would possess this technology for 20 years? Well, guess what? Somebody else had it yesterday. It's not theoretical anymore. Are you listening to me? Are you okay? Hey, hey. You all right? Yeah, I should get to my desk. See this cigar box? Yeah. It's waiting. Uh, 
that's supposed to be smoking? If you must know, it's neutron damage. It's from the reactor wall. You had this in your body? And how about the high-tech crossword puzzle on your neck? Road rash. This whole lone gunslinger act, and it's unnecessary. You don't have to do this alone. You know, I wish I could believe that. I really do. But you gotta trust me. Contrary to popular belief, I know exactly what I'm doing. Jarvis, who is voiced by Paul Bettany, is a nice tool for director John Favreau. He can use this to move the story forward and concisely. In about a minute, you can eliminate lengthy scenes involving the other actors and achieve the same story arc in a streamlined fashion. We go back to New York and Hammer takes Ivan to his headquarters to get him to work on a new prototype to compete with Stark's Iron Man. And this was shot at SpaceX, which of course is owned by Tesla CEO and founder Elon Musk. This is where we do it. This is my humble abode. You can work in absolute peace. Must be kind of fun to be dead, right? No pressure. Oh, here they are. Very excited. They're combat ready. I may have done a few miscalculations and rushed the prototype into production. Sue me. I'm enthusiastic. Go ahead, take a look around. Oh, you, oh, you don't want to do that. I, I, you'll be able to access that as soon as we generate some encrypted passcodes. Can we generate some encrypted passcodes? Get some of those encrypted passcodes, Jack. Never mind. I... Wow. Okay. Good stuff. The voice soft, Governor. Sorry? Soft real shit. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> you're good. You really blasted in past the firewall there. Uh, let me show you where you're going to be working primarily. Go ahead, take a look. Get a good look at that. That's something, isn't it? You know, those are really just for show and tell. They're, they're uh, 125.7 million a pop. So, bang! Oh, gosh. Uh, Jesus Christ. Get somebody um, That's where the pilot goes. Having a tough time finding volunteers. I'll take care of that. Just leave it. What you want them to do? Well, long term, I want them to put me in the Pentagon for the next 25 years. I want to make Iron Man look like an antique. I want to go to that Stark Expo. I want to take a dump in Tony's front yard. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I can do that. Yeah? No problem. Hey, fabulous. I love it. Yeah. Hey, this is our guy. Yeah. I, I, I had a feeling. In Malibu, Tony decides to go ahead with his birthday party, though he's not doing well at all. His blood toxicity level is super high, and he gets drunk and does parlor tricks with his Iron Man suit like he's a teenager. Hey, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go get some air. What's wrong? I don't know what to do. You gotta be kidding me. That's it, you make me. No, 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 don't Pepper. call anyone. This is ridiculous, I just stuck my I neck know. up for this guy. I know, I know, I get it. I'm gonna handle it, okay? Just let me handle it. Handle it, or I'm gonna have to. 
You know, the question I get asked most often is, Tony, how do you go to the bathroom in the suit? Just like that. Tony, we all thank you so much for such a wonderful night. And we're going to say good night now and thank you all for coming. No, 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 no. You can't. We didn't, we, we, we didn't put on the, the, the cake. We didn't put on the candle. You're out of control, okay? Can I'm out of control. Trust me on this one, okay? You're out of control. It's time gorgeous, to go to bed. It's time. Give me a little You're smooth. not going to be happy. Come on. You know you want to. You just keep the suit. I know. It has okay. a filtration yeah, system. You could drink that water. Just, just send everybody home, okay? It's time to... You say so. Okay. I'll take this. I'll take that. Pepper She's right. The party's over. Then again, the party was over for me like an hour and a half ago. The after party starts in 15 minutes. And if anybody, Pepper, doesn't like it, there's the door. Rhodey's seen enough of Tony's belligerence and the two get into a fight in Iron Man suits, of course, and they totally destroy Tony's house in the process. Tony is worse for wear, and Rhodey takes one of the suits back to the base of the U.S. Air Force, which, of course, the general wants to weaponize to the dismay of Rhodey. In the meantime, Tony continues his downward spiral. He's hilariously eating donuts in the center of a giant donut mural on the top of a donut shop. He's then visited by Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, and we find out who Natalie really is. Of course, you already know she's Black Widow because we have... 12 years of foresight. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to exit the donut. I told you I don't want to join your super secret boy band. <laughs> no, no, no. See, I, I, I remember you do everything yourself. How's it working out for you? It's, 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 it's... I'm sorry, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. Do I look at the patch of the eye? Honestly, I'm a bit hungover. I'm not sure if you're real or if, if I'm having delirium. I am very real. I'm the realest person you're ever gonna meet. Just my luck. Where's the oh, staff here? That's not looking so good. Been worse. We've secured the perimeter, but I don't think we should hold it for too much longer. Huh. You're fired. That's not up to you. Tony. I want you to meet Agent Romanov. Hi. I'm a shield shadow. One swing you were ill, I was tasked to you by Director Fury. I suggest you apologize. You've been very busy. You made your girl your CEO. You're giving away all your stuff. You, you let your friend fly away with your suit. Now, if I didn't know better... You don't know better. I didn't give it to him. He took it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No, he took it? You're Iron Man and he just took it? The little brother walked in there, kicked your ass, and took your suit. Is that possible? Well, according to Mr. Stark's database security guidelines, there are redundancies to prevent unauthorized usage. What do you want from me? What do we want from you? No, uh, uh What do you want from me? You have become a problem, a problem I have to deal with. Contrary to your belief, you are not the center of my universe. Yeah, I, get I have it. bigger problems than you in the Southwest region to deal with. Hit him. Oh, God, you're going to steal my kidney and sell it? Please not do anything awful for five seconds. What'd you just do to me? What do we just do for you? That's lithium dioxide. It's gonna take the edge off. We're trying to get you back to work. 
Give me a couple boxes and that'll be right as rain. It's not a cure, it just abates the symptoms. Doesn't look like it's gonna be an easy fix. Trust me, I know I'm good at this stuff. I've been looking for a suitable replacement for palladium. I've tried every combination, every permutation of every known element. Well, I'm here to tell you, you haven't tried them all. Tony and Nick continue their conversation at Stark's very demolished home. That thing in your chest is based on unfinished technology. No, it was finished. It was never been particularly effective until I miniaturized it and put it in my... No. Howard said the arc reactor was a stepping stone to something greater. He was about to kick off an energy race that was going to dwarf the arms race. He was on to something big, something so big that it was going to make the nuclear reactor look like a triple-A battery. Just him? Or was Anton Vanko in on this, too? Anton Vanko is the other side of that coin. Anton saw it as a way to get rich. When your father found out, he had him deported. When the Russians found out he couldn't deliver, they shipped his ass off to Siberia, and he spent the next 20 years in a vodka fuel rage. Not quite the environment you want to raise a kid in. Son, you had the misfortune of crossing paths with in Monaco. You told me I hadn't tried everything. What do you mean I haven't tried everything? What haven't I tried? Well, he said that you were the only person with the means and knowledge to finish what he started. He said that? Mm-hmm. Are you that guy? Hmm? Are you? Because if you are, then you can solve the riddle of your heart. I don't know where you're getting your information, but uh, he wasn't my biggest fan. What do you remember about your dad, huh? He was cold. He was calculating. He never told me he loved me. He never even told me he liked me. So it's a little tough for me to digest when you're telling me he said the whole future was riding on me and he's passing it down. I don't get that. We're talking about a guy whose happiest day was when he shipped me off to boarding school. That's not true. Well, then clearly you know my dad better than I did. As a matter of fact, I did. He was one of the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D. What? I got a two o'clock. Wait, 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 wait. What's this? Okay, you're good, right? You, no, you, I'm you, not good. You got this, right? Got right? what? I don't yeah. even know what I'm supposed to get. Natasha will remain a floater at Stark with her cover intact, and you remember Agent Coulson, right? Yeah. Oh, and Tony. Remember, I got my eye on you. We've disabled all communications, no contact with the outside world. Good luck. Please. First thing, I need a little body work. I'll put in a little time at the lab. If we could send one of your goon squad down to the coffee bean, Cross Creek, for a Starbucks run or something like that, that'd be nice. I'm not here for that. I've been authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. If you attempt to leave right. or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. Okay? I think I got it, yeah. Enjoy your evening's entertainment. So while Tony gets his shit together, the Air Force is making a deal with the devil. Hammer. I think this is the power source. Major, this is not a scientific exercise. Let's just focus on arming it, all right? Yes, sir. Oh, yes! Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is it my birthday? You got it. What did you do? What did you do? Oh. Is this what I think it is? Yes, it is. Hammer, I want to know what you're going to do for us. What am I going to do for you? Well, first thing I'm going to do for you is I'm going to upgrade your software. And then right at the second, I think I should slap the paint. I'm talking about firepower. Were you talking to the right guy? 
Claridge high-tech semi-automatic 9mm pistol. Two downtown. I agree. M24 shotgun pump action. Five-round magazine. You know what? You're not a hunter. What am I talking about? I'm getting rid of it. This is the FN2000 from Belgium. They do make something better than waffles. It's beautiful, but I can tell this isn't disco enough for you, so I'm gonna put it right here. We're looking at a Milcor 40 millimeter grenade launcher. Tear gas, smoke, hippie control. You're tough. Let me tell you something. Size does matter. Don't let anyone tell you different. This is an M134 762 minigun, six individual barrels, the torso taker, powder maker. Our boys in uniform call it Uncle Gaspacho or Puff the Magic Dragon. Okay. These are the Cubans, baby. These are the Cohibas, the Monte Cristos. This is a kinetic kill sidewinder vehicle with a secondary cyclotrimethylene trinitramine RDX burst. It's capable of busting the bunker under the bunker you just busted. If it were any smarter, it'd write a book. A book that would make Ulysses look like it was written in crayon. And it would read it to you. This is my Eiffel Tower. This is my Rachmaninoff's third, my Pieta. It's completely elegant, it's bafflingly beautiful, and it's capable of reducing the population of any standing structure to zero. I call it the ex-wife. That's the best I got. Do this. Give me something here. You're like a sphinx. I, I, I can't read you. I think I'll take it. Which one? All of it. All of it. Now, for me, Sam Rockwell is the best part of Iron Man 2. And that's not to say that the other actors aren't great in their roles, but Rockwell really shines his hammer. Tony is given a case from S.H.I.E.L.D. full of past schematics for the arc reactor, along with articles about Anton Vanko and a reel to reel film from his father. Now, most of it's just outtakes, but he stumbles upon the inspiration he's always needed. Tony, you're too young to understand this right now, so I thought I would put it on film for you. I built this for you. And someday you'll realize that it represents a whole lot more than just people's inventions. It represents my life's work. This is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time. But one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you. Tony makes an attempt to apologize to Pepper, but it goes very poorly. Relax. Mr. Stark, is sure? he refuses. I don't. Just be a second. Listen, it's, it's our much. position that Bandy? Stark has and continues to maintain proprietary ownership of the Mark II platform. When Mr. Stark announced he was indeed Iron Man, he was making a promise. No, to the suit belongs we to us. We trusted that he would look out for us. Yes, but you're he not. Obviously, did not. Bert. And now we learn yes, that his it does. secretary, a woman named Virginia Pepper Potts, has been appointed as CEO of Stark Industries. What are her qualifications? No. Ms. Potts is doing nothing to manage the situation. No. Bert, 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 listen to me. Don't tell me that we have the best patent lawyers in the country and then not let me pursue this. I'll get this stuff out of here. Well, then tell the president to sign an order. 
We'll talk about it at the expo. Hammer's giving some presentation tomorrow evening. Will Tony Stark be there? Will I? No, he will not. I would like to be. Bye. Got a minute? No. Come on, you just got off the phone, you're fine. 30 seconds. 29. Okay, I, um... 28. I was just driving over here, and I thought I was coming to basically apologize, but I'm not. Oh, I'm you, you didn't come here to apologize? Look, that goes without saying, and I'm working on that. But I haven't been entirely uh, upfront with you, and I just want to try to make good... Can I move this? This is this is crazy. I'm, it's like a Ferris wheel going. I'm trying no. to get some... <clears throat> Do you know how short life is? And if I never got to express... And by the way, this is somewhat revelatory to me, and it, I don't care. I mean, I care. It would be nice. I'm not expecting you to... to look, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to say it. Let me just stop you right here, okay? Because mm -hmm. if you say I one more time, There's I'm going to actually things. hurl something at your yeah. head, I think. I mean, I... I am trying to run a company. Do you have any idea what that entails? Yes. People are relying on you to be Iron Man, and you disappeared. And all I'm doing is putting out your fires and taking the heat for it. I am trying to do the job that you were meant to do. Did you bring me strawberries? Did you know that there's only one thing on earth that I'm allergic, allergic to? Allergic to strawberries. Mm -hmm. This is progress, Pepper. I knew there was a correlation between you and this. I need you. I need you too. To That's leave. what I'm trying to. No. Ms. Potts? Hi, C come on in. Wheels up in 25 minutes. Thank you. Anything else, boss? I'm good. No, huh? I'll be just uh, another minute. I lost both the kids in the divorce. <laughs> That's a... No. <clears throat> Are you blending in well here, Natalie? Here at Stark Enterprises. Your name is Natalie, isn't it? I thought you two didn't get along. No, that's not so. It's just me you don't care for. No? Nothing. Actually, while you're here, maybe you and Natalie could discuss the matter of the personal belonging. Absolutely. I'm surprised you can keep your Boy, mouth shut. you're good. You are mind-blowingly duplicitous. How do you do it? You just tear things up. You're a triple imposter. I've never seen anything like you. Is there anything real about you? Do you even speak Latin? Felicius sunt rerum speciis. Which means... Wait, what? What'd you just say? It means you can either drive yourself home or I can have you collected. You're good. Left alone in Pepper's office, Tony discovers the same model that his father built that he saw in the old film. And this leads to the aha moment, and then a nifty montage where Tony attempts to rebuild his arc reactor using a new element that his father predicted almost 40 years earlier. If Tony succeeds, and of course he will because it's a comic book movie, he'll save himself. I heard you broke the perimeter. Uh, yeah. That was like three years ago. Where you been? I was doing some stuff. Yeah, well, me too, and it worked. Hey, I'm playing for the home team, Colson. You and all your fabulous furry freak brothers. Now you gotta let me work or break my balls. What's this doing here? That's it. Bring this to me. You know what this is? It's exactly what I need to make this work. Lift the coil. Go, go. Put your knees in. There you go. And 
Drop it. Drop it. Perfectly level. I'm busy. What do you want? Nothing. Goodbye. I've been reassigned. Huh. Director Fury wants me in New Mexico. Fantastic. Land of enchantment. So I'm told. Secret stuff. Something like that. <laughs> Good luck. Bye. Thanks. We need you. Yeah. More than you know. Not that much. In the meantime, Hammer isn't getting what he bargained for with Ivan. No shock there. Pun intended. Hey, there he is. It's the bird man. Oh, now you like the bird. Is that right? Is that your bird? I'm confused. You said it wasn't, but now it looks like your best of pals. You love that bird, don't you? You know what? Take the bird. Hey! Take his pillows, too. Both of them. And his shoes. Take his shoes. I took your stuff. How does that make you feel? Do you feel bad? Good. Because that's how I feel! We had a contract! I saved your life, and you give me suits. That was our deal. And you did not deliver. I don't know if you're a genius or a fraud. I don't know what you are. Something really, really great fell into my lap. And if it hadn't, I'd be at your mercy tonight. Now I have a piece of Stark tech that I pimped out myself. And now you're overpriced paperweight, so you look like a backdrop to my demonstration. You dig what I'm getting at here? I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian! I'm gonna leave now. I'm gonna go to the expo. Maybe I'll even get laid. See these guys? They're your babysitters. They are not to be trifled with. When I get back, we're gonna renegotiate the terms of our agreement. And you're gonna make good on our arrangement. Because if you don't, you're going to be exactly what you were when I found you, a dead man. You got that? Maybe you can watch me on TV. Dummy, you, can we clean up this mess? You're killing me, you know I don't... Incoming call with a blocked number, sir. Phone privileges reinstated. Lovely. Colson, how's Land of Enchantment? Hey, Tommy, what are you doing? <laughs> a double cycle. What? You told me double cycles, more power. Good advice. You sound pretty sprightly for a dead guy. You too. <laughs> Tracy. Sir. Now. The true history of Stark's name will be written. Where is he? Accessing the Oracle grid. Eastern seaboard. But your father did my family over 40 years. They will do to you in 40 minutes. Sounds good. Let's get together and hash it out. Tri-state area. Manhattan and outlying boroughs. I hope you're ready. Call trace incomplete. You want to run some tests? Run them. 
and assemble the suit while you're at it. Put it together now. We are unclears to the I don't want to hear it, Jarvis. <coughs> ah, that tastes like coconut. Metal. All right, back in the game for Tony Stark. And so there's about 30 minutes left, and if you've seen one MCU movie, you know they follow a certain template. And frankly, if you've seen any sort of superhero film, you know there has to be an ultimate showdown. However, I will say there are a few twists in the reigning part of the film involving Rhodey and Natasha, which make things a bit more interesting. And also, there's a very funny ending. Now, what's interesting about the Iron Man series is that all the films progressively faded in quality. And that's not to say they aren't all entertaining, because they definitely are. But compared to, say, Thor, where those three films are exactly the opposite of Iron Man, where Thor starts somewhat weak and by the third film ends very strong. And Mickey Rourke's fine as a supervillain, but I think Sam Rockwell, again, is the show stealer here. There is an after credit scene, of course, and there's a nice teaser for the next film in the series, which is going to be Thor, as we see his hammer stuck in the ground in New Mexico. All right, there were a few deleted scenes. There was an alternate opening, and we see Tony in his Iron Man outfit throwing up in a toilet from an empty military aircraft as Pepper loses her patience with him as she thinks he's just hungover. But actually, he's not. We find out later it's a reaction to the high blood toxicity levels that he has. Tony, acting like his usual charming and egocentric self, He's worrying about his hair before he jumps from the aircraft and flies to the expo. It's actually a really good and funny scene, and I wouldn't have minded it as the expo intro. However, John Favreau thought the scene would have been like a double intro with the regular opening and felt it was almost too fun and less than the danger element presented uh, by being introduced to uh, Ivan Vanko prior. Another scene is Agent Coulson at the Senate hearing. It's a really funny scene. What's interesting is that even though Coulson is the focus of the title of the deleted scene, and he adds a bit to the scene by talking to Pepper in the background, it's actually during Justin Hammer's testimony. And Hammer's testimony is hilarious. And he even brings out an Iron Man figurine from his pocket to lecture Tony about how young people love him and how he should have a moral obligation to the children of the world. But this Senate hearing scene was simply too long, and certain parts needed to be cut, according to John Favreau, and therefore this particular scene was cut out. Sun Orbital Jet. So Rhodey, Tony, and Pepper are flying in a private jet from the Senate hearing. It's another really funny scene where Tony shines as Rhodey thinks they shouldn't hang out as much because it's a conflict of interest professionally. Pepper tries to plan Tony's birthday party and gets indignant with her ideas. Again, it was cut out because it was yet another funny scene, which would have diminished the drama that was taking place with Ivan, and also the drama with Tony's deteriorating health. Natalie wears the gauntlet. During the party scene, it's another example of obnoxious Tony as he lets Natalie wear the Iron Man hand and then shoots explosives and destroys an ice sculpture. Now, Pepper isn't thrilled with Tony's attention toward Natalie, and the extra uncomfortableness between Pepper and Tony was too much to include and ultimately cut out by Favreau. Flying party girl. Like the Natalie scene, Tony uses another part of the Iron Man suit with a female party guest. This time, the hovering position to which Rhodey approaches Tony, telling him that he's embarrassing himself and he needs to stop. Again, the party scene was getting too long and very uncomfortable to watch and makes you really not like Tony, so this was cut. Mark to security. Rhodey gives a demonstration of the War Machine suit to a few of his colleagues at the base. It turns out to be a funny scene where the punchline has Rhodey saying how powerful the suit is and that Tony likely took security precautions when building it. 
Then a guy attempts to take the suit off of Rhodey and is projected forcefully backwards. All right, some fun facts. So John Favreau became frustrated from the constant rewrites and additions to the script during the filming from the studio execs, so much so that he decided not to direct Iron Man 3. Scarlett Johansson dyed her hair red before she even got the part of Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, because she wanted the role so badly. Robert Downey Jr. gained 20 pounds of muscle to reprise his role of Tony Stark. Mickey Rourke almost dropped out of the film when Marvel's initial payoff to him was just $250,000. Emily Blunt was actually set to star as Natasha Romanoff, but she had to pull out due to scheduling conflicts with her movie Gulliver's Travels from 2010. Jessica Biel, Natalie Portman, Jessica Alba, and Angelia Jolie were also considered for Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. All right, we have three special guests. Two interviews separately. We have the return of Rachel, which is always great. She talks about Iron Man 2. And also the return of our comic book expert, DJ Metal Mike Tyler, and his buddy, Bill Roseberry, who's been on many times. They're also great together. So it's great to have these two interviews and different perspectives about this film. And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, it's been far too long, but we always have to find the right movie for Rachel. And uh, I think we finally did. So welcome back. Hi, I'm really doing some solid work to my legacy on this podcast with the movies <laughs> that you have me talking about. It's true. I, I promise I have taste, people. <laughs> well, you absolutely do. And you're always great when you're on. You even had your own episode. So not many people got that. So there is that. That's very true. I am. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of awesome. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah, maybe you've heard of me. <laughs> so before we actually get into the film itself were you a fan of iron man before the whole mcu before the Mar you know the marvel cinematic universe even started no <laughs> um i didn't even realize that the mcu was like a thing okay um until like i had seen some of the movies that were a part of it but i didn't realize it was like a whole interconnected universe until mm -hmm. um the second avengers movie <laughs> oh wow okay um the, I mean, when i wasn't really paying attention to it that avidly i didn't really like uh, my um sci-fi interests are more on the like star trek side of things and the comic mm -hmm. book side of things so i didn't really like have insight into what was going on in that world i think the first movie from the mc that i watched was thor okay yeah just because i was at like my cousin's house and I'm like let's have a movie night let's watch thor and so we, we did that and it was great and i really liked it but it didn't like I didn't put the pieces together that it was part of a larger story until later. Well, that's interesting. So my next question was going to be, do you, did you read comics at all? And my guess is no. <laughs> no, I, I have not. Uh, my boyfriend was really into them though. So we have them. We have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of them. Um, <laughs> and I think I probably would like them, but I just have never gotten into that world. Okay. So Thor would, I, I believe Thor came right after this film, which would have been Iron Man two. So that would be the fourth mm -hmm. film. Um, so then did you immediately go back and then watch uh, Iron Man, Hulk, and Iron Man 2? Not immediately. Um, I think I then watched Iron Man at like my boyfriend at the time's house mm -hmm. randomly. And Iron Man 2, I either also watched at his house or I saw it in theaters. It is an incredibly forgettable movie. So <laughs> I don't remember the first time that I actually watched it. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to say, well, we'll get to that. But sure. I don't remember the first time I watched Iron Man 2. And then during the pandemic, my boyfriend and I did an MCU rewatch. So I definitely watched it you know, six months ago or whatever it was. And then again, I watched it yesterday in, in advance of this. 
Yeah, my it, the rewatch was actually really nice that we did last year because it was my first time watching it all in short succession and in and in order. Right. Whereas I had seen everything after this after uh, the second Avengers movie. Then I started kind of paying more attention and watching things in the order that they came out. But I still missed a couple. Okay. Um, but the early movies I didn't watch in any order or with any like intention at all. I just sort of happened to see them because they were on. <laughs> um, so it was kind of nice to watch them again with the greater context. And they do set up Thor at the end of this movie. It's the post credit scene. Yeah, which is great. And then of the of the entire universe that that came out the at least that up until Avengers the second the the final one, um, mm-hmm. what is your favorite? Oh, Ragnarok. <laughs> oh really okay yeah, it's yeah. the funniest it's the funniest by far it's so much fun well okay favorites for different reasons so now that mm-hmm. i've seen them all relatively recently i feel i can just not just like pull one out of a hat ragnarok is the most fun and probably the one that i can like watch over and over again yeah um i think infinity war is very satisfying i really like watching infinity war mm-hmm. the spider-man movies are also very fun just because i love tom holland definitely black panther is very moving when oh, we yeah. got to Black Panther in the rewatch, I was really worried because I had I actually took Chadwick Boseman's passing very hard. It was like yeah. one of those odd celebrity deaths that maybe because it was unexpected, maybe it was because of circumstances, or I was just in a mood that mm-hmm. day. It like really impacted me. So whenever I see him in anything, I'm always just like I have I, I struggle sometimes to like keep it together. But watching Black Panther again after um, after that happened was actually pretty moving. Yeah, and that was kind of when when I and the the amazing thing was that he was sick for so long you didn't hear about it, which was also uh, said a lot about him as well that he kept that private and mm-hmm. uh, and he was in so many. I mean, him playing Jackie Robinson, and he was also uh, he's in a great movie where he plays James Brown. And like he really was that kind of that up and coming you know actor. He's relatively young; he was in his early forties. Mm-hmm. He was kind of on that pace to kind of be the next Denzel too. So it really was uh, you know really tragic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so of the three Iron Man films, where does two rank for you? Like, how would you rank the three? In order. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Most yes. people hate, a lot of people hate three. Yeah. It was like when we watched it in our rewatch, I was kind of like, what is the point of this movie? <laughs> I don't. Because two, it's it's fine. Like it's not the worst movie in the MCU, but it's also obviously one that I forgot I watched. Um <laughs> Yeah. And while I'm actively watching it, it's a good time. I think it's a, like a fine story and there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Um, but then after it's over, I just like immediately drain it from the brain for some reason. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it doesn't stick with you. We might as well get yeah. w- right into it. So yeah, that, you kind of touch upon it a little bit. What what are the takeaways? Did you not like the villain as much as the, the first one? Um, yeah. What about it didn't resonate with you as much as, as the, the first film? I don't love Tony Stark, just generally. Okay, that's yeah. that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, my partner and I were talking about this yesterday because um, apparently, and I don't know this because as we've covered, I haven't read the comics, but the source material, like this storyline that they cover in Iron Man 2 in the comics is a little bit more, uh, like apparently his coping with the fact that he's dying is much more ingrained with his like mental health and maybe some addiction issues. Right. And it, it, it it comes across as perhaps a lot more sympathetic. Whereas in this movie, he just looks like an egotistical jackass who's refusing yeah. to cope. Right? right. And so I found that a little bit hard to, um, hard to watch in some moments. 
So like when he's doing like at the party, the party scene, I think yeah. is the most obvious one. Yeah, that that's kind of cringy. And they actually cut things out, too. It was a longer scene where he was actually doing more obnoxious things. So <laughs> probably good you didn't see that as well. Yeah. Um, so what would you have changed to kind of ma- to make this more satisfying for you for the, this film, at least? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Now, did you like Scarlett Johansson's introduction as uh, Black Widow? So it was funny because I... I didn't know when she was first introduced because I saw the first Avengers movie before I saw this, or I saw this first and had zero memory that she was in it. That's also <laughs> very likely. Um, but I actually thought it was kind of fun um, mm-hmm. when someone, especially going back and rewatching these movies that now have all these like, you know, long interconnected stories and then yeah. seeing when people first show up and kind of understanding their evolution was really interesting, particularly uh, having watched now more recently watched like Black Widow and, and, and everything and seeing sort of the full, a more full version of her story. Mm-hmm. Um, I find her appearances here. I like it. It's very satisfying. It makes sense. I don't understand her hair in some uh. of the scenes in this movie. It's very confusing, but her character um, <laughs> I, I think makes a lot of sense. Okay. We have to get into that. What, what don't you get about her hair? It's the scene where they're at Hammer's play. Like they're trying to find um ivan and mm-hmm. it's her and she's you know kicking everyone's ass and happy right. is not right but she has this weird like curly thing going on where mm-hmm. her hair just looks kind of wet and it's like falling very strangely around her combined mm-hmm. with like the classic you know black widow always posing kind of thing that R- of course know. yeah <laughs> um it was just it was really distracting <laughs> actually for me well now I- I, I never noticed it. So now when I go back and watch it, all the listeners should go back and, and kind of it, notice that as well. It's confusing. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, as someone who has curly hair, I, I, I noticed it because I'm like, whose hair does this? And I have questions. See, this is why I have you on because this is stuff that, you know, some people wouldn't notice and you noticed and And I like that. So that, that's great. <laughs> How did you feel about the, the two quote unquote villains? Um, and they're both kind of different types of villains. You kind of have that, that mastermind, that evil, you know, the, the guy up in the, you know, upstairs, you know, as Justin Hammer. And then there's the traditional villain as Mickey Rourke playing, uh, you know, Vanko. So which one did you like more? Did you, I, I would assume that if you hated Tony Stark, you're really going to hate Justin Hammer. Yes. Um, I thought Vanko was a very satisfying villain. I think um, mm-hmm. his story makes sense. And that You're almost whole, empathetic like, towards him. Yeah. The, and the whole, you know, inheriting your parents' trauma <laughs> is very right. clear for both of them. They have that in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that was, I think, to go back to a question you asked earlier about what I would sure. possibly change to, mm-hmm. like, make the movie more satisfying, I would maybe explore that a little bit more. Okay. Um, I don't know, not probably not too much because then it gets to be like, you know, a touchy feely family movie, which is not what they're going for, particularly no. with Iron Man, which has big, like, I'm a guy with a cool garage energy. So, you know, you probably don't want to get too much into the like generational trauma, touchy feely stuff. But like, true, that says more about me. <laughs> it does about the movie. Um, well, they kind of no, do that I, in the Avengers. That's what the Avengers is for, I guess. Yeah. I have in my notes here. I'm going to read this verbatim. Sure. Tony Stark is a tool, but Justin Hammer is an even bigger tool. Oh my God. Is he called Hammer because he's a tool? <laughs> I don't have a rim shot, but that's where it would go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going. Like right when you said tool, I'm like, I know what she's doing. Yep. This is great. And it's yep. not original. It's not an original joke. I'm not the first person to think it, but it just hit me when I was watching it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Can I just put those two things together yesterday. 
Well, a good actor can make you hate them. And I think Sam Rockwell is great as, as that type of villain. And I think that's why, (laughs) and actually uh, Robert Downey Jr. can evoke the same thing. So, you know, if you, if you generate an emotion, good or bad, it's actually better than meh. So I guess that's good. Yeah, exactly. And I think for those kinds of characters, that's kind of the, like, that's, that's the intention. Like uh, by the end of the, like the, by the end of Tony Stark's arc, he definitely becomes a much more sympathetic character um, than he is at the beginning where he just seems like an egotistical maniac who doesn't want to talk to anybody about what's going on. Um, And then he sort of, particularly in his relationship with um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man too, is that you kind of see a different side of him that uh, I think rounds out his character in a way that maybe it's also because I've seen those movies more often and more recently that now going back to like vintage Iron Man (laughs) Yeah, like Iron Man one and two, where it's kind of like the beginning of his arc, and I'm just like, oh, I know you can be so much better than this. Why aren't you that way yet? <laughs> well, I think that's what's good. He's probably the most interesting character, I would say, of them all. Like he's got the most complexity to it, I think. But I don't know. I mean, he's had the most opportunity because he's in all sure. of the movies. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. His if if Iron Man one failed, I'm not sure the MCU really takes off because Hulk didn't do as well as they expected, and that was the second one. So yeah. They don't even like it's not that one's the only and part of it is maybe some of the like film rights and specifics, but that one isn't even like technically included. Yeah, they kind of well, I mean, the character is, but yeah, that's I mean, obviously, Ed Ed Norton not pursuing (laughs) going further, but then again, yeah, Iron Man kind of deals with that too with Rhodey. So, and yeah, that's a good question. Did you who do you prefer, Don Cheadle or Terrence Howard? Oh, I liked Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. Um, I we were talking about this yesterday too. Like he was recast because uh, he was the highest paid actor in the first one, and so I wasn't. I couldn't remember if he was recast because he wanted more money than they were willing to give him, or if it was just you know creative differences. But I really liked the um, kind of gravity that Don Cheadle brought to the role too. Like he, I think he's very good at um, you know the little quick quips, the Marvel stuff that they like yeah. to do, but then also you know it's doesn't seem like it would be easy to be Tony Stark's friend. No. Um, and there's and, a lot of weight that comes with that. And especially the stuff yeah. that happens in the later movies too. And, and you kind of see them go through a lot of stuff together. And I thought he did a good job of um, portraying that kind of role. And Terrence Howard in general, is, it, it seems way more intense, at least when he acts yeah. compared to Don Cheadle. So I think, yeah, I think <laughs> they made a nice transition, you know, by they had to, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it was almost like kind of a nice accident. Whereas with the Hulk, and this is, I, I really liked Ed Norton a little bit more than Mark Ruffalo, but uh, that's just me. So I don't know. How did you feel about that? I saw Mark Ruffalo first because okay. I saw, you know, the Avengers movies before the going back when we did our rewatch um, recently was the first time I had seen that Hulk movie. And so maybe mm-hmm. it was because I had seen Mark Ruffalo in the role so much more right. that it was, it seemed like an odd fit to me, but um, I think, cause I feel like, Mark Ruffo does a good job with the sort of tortured dweeby science kind of person. Whereas sure. Ed Norton, I just think of fight club. <laughs> right. And it's a little bit more, uh, it, it's a little bit more like unhinged versus just like internally conflicted. If it wasn't for you going back and rewatching this partly because of me and then partly because you just watched everything is this Iron Man 2. Are you going to go back to it that often? Only if when I'm doing an MCU rewatch. Okay. It, it's role in that is important because it does set up. Uh, well, one obviously at the end it sets up that Thor is coming next, which I imagine at the time when you 
don't necessarily know if that's happening. That reveal was very satisfying. Again, yeah. I had seen Thor first, so I already knew it was happening. <laughs> and also, I, we were talking yesterday, too, about how this potentially set some groundwork for Civil War, mm-hmm. as far out as that, too, just in terms of, like, Tony Stark's ideals about, like, what is the right thing to do and what is the role of Iron Man and how and should the government be involved in initially in this movie it's just iron man but then later it becomes the whole avengers initiative Uh, right so it kind of sets that groundwork in a way that i think is important context even if it's not like directly referenced later you just sort of understand that he's been through something like this before how do you feel about uh pepper Potts? so do you think there should be more of her or is she perfectly cast like is there just enough like how do you feel about uh about her I like her. I think it was funny, too, because, again, having seen the more recent movies more often and more recently, I kind of forget that they didn't start together. (laughs) And so their little, like, banter stuff that they do and her very legitimate frustration with Tony Stark throughout this movie. uh, It's it's a fun aspect. And it's fun to see someone who, like, I don't want to say doesn't take him that seriously, but, like, understands him on a... Uh, understands him in a way that maybe other people in his life don't such that she can interact with him in the particular way that she does. Yeah. She definitely cares about him, but, but she also, (laughs) I think she has to almost take a step back because otherwise she would just be upset all the time (laughs) being around. I mean, when that was clear in this movie, (laughs) she was upset the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. So rightfully so. Uh, Absolutely. Now the next part is just trying to find another movie that you've seen. So, Oh, I know. So it's going to be like another year and a half. I hope not. (laughs) I do have a a nice stockpile. So after we finish this discussion, we'll we'll go through that list. It would be like us being back in the office. Exactly. Yes. I love the list. (laughs) As always, thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Okay, we're back. It's been far too long. We got back Bill Roseberry and Metal Mike Tyler. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for having us, Brian. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we had this plan for a long time to do Iron Man 2. Now, Metal Mike did the original uh, Iron Man. And uh, and then we decided, well, it's just it's better to have both of the, the dynamic duo together uh, to yeah. do Iron Man 2 <laughs> for the sequel. Um, we'll start with Metal Mike on this one. So when so obviously Iron Man 1 came out, uh, Hulk came out with Edward Norton. So this is the third of the MCU. And. Uh, were you super excited or were you kind of like, well, I'm not sure that if lightning can strike twice on this one. Actually, I was pretty, I was pretty stoked because I loved Iron Man and I, I still see, feel that Incredible Hulk's one of the more underrated of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was stoked, man. I'm like, all right, game on, let's do this, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say for now. I'm, I don't want to give away too much while we review this film. So. Sure. How about you, Bill? I loved it. I was excited for it because I really liked the first Iron Man movie. I mean, I was I was all in it on it. I'm a big Robert Downey Jr. Um, fan, and I thought, you know, he was Tony Stark. So, And I'm also a big fan of Mickey Rourke. And, you know, Mickey Rourke was doing a lot through that time. He had done The Wrestler and was kind of making a, a comeback there to where he was in a lot more movies. And I was excited to see him and robert downey jr kind of play off each other too yeah definitely and i if i want if you can guys can correct me but i think also mickey rourke was doing the first expendables too which is uh, i think why he was shooting around i think iron man too if i recall correctly yes i believe you're right yeah okay yeah yeah so he definitely had a nice little run there um okay so we'll get right into it i mean the villains 
are always key with with all superhero movies which is get right into ivan vanko like or or yeah ivan vanko how do you feel that mickey rourke did with this character with uh, you know um you know coming into after jeff bridges was the uh, original villain so we'll start with metal mike all right man uh i think mickey rourke is one of the most underrated uh actors in in, in cinema history I think he did fine. I think he did great. I don't expect anything less than 100% from Mickey. You know what I mean? And anything he does, even if it's a movie I don't care for, he does a good job in those movies. Um, And I thought he did fine. uh, It's kind of interesting what they do with the villain here because uh, technically speaking, he's actually in this movie, he's kind of an amalgamation of two Iron Man villains. Okay. Ivan Vanko is what he ends up by the end of the film. He is the titanium man. Mm-hmm. Whiplash, you know, those energy bands he's got that he's using as whips. Right, right. That's a whole other separate villain. Um, he became, First he was Whiplash, and then he becomes Blacklash. I don't know why they fucking changed his name. It's comics. Oh. That's what they do sometimes. But but anyway, yeah, so it, it's still basically Ivan Vanko. And and, and, and the, in the original Iron Man comics, people have to remember, it was during the Cold War, so... Marvel does what they call soft reboots, where they'll update the story, they'll update the settings, but it's still basically the same origin stories. Where DC's more like every 20, 30 years, they'll do a hard reboot, where they'll swipe aside the previous universe and start all over from scratch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, So um, <clears throat> that's just one difference between the two companies. But yeah, I, uh, the Titanium Man's a badass, even in the comic books. He's been a thorn in Iron Man's side for years. And uh, I, I thought he did a great job, man. I mean, Mickey Rourke, you know? Right. And actually, he he's the villain, but he's is he really the villain? Because we'll get into that other character that's right. probably the real villain coming up. Bill, how about you? How did you feel Mickey Rourke did as the, the main, or one of the villains in this? Well, I thought he was great. I mean, just like Mike, I think that he does a you know fantastic job as an actor. I think he's great. Um, I didn't realize all the other stuff, the nuances of the of the comic book stuff until Mike explained it to me. Because you know, unlike Mike, I haven't read all those comic books. I mean, <laughs> I'm familiar with the stories and everything, but I'm more one of those guys that's really into the cinematic universe, and I don't go back and and read uh read comic books so mm-hmm. i haven't probably read a comic book since i was a kid and i didn't even read them a whole lot when i was a kid so uh i just know you know mickey rourke's resume as an actor and i mean going back to uh now i'm gonna make myself look bad the angel heart you know sure one of the first ones i saw him in with robert de niro and i mean you know or, uh, fantastic diner. in that diner yeah um yep. And then, uh, of course, The Wrestler is one of my favorites that he did, um, which was right around this time. That was kind of, like you said, his his comeback into... Yeah, yeah um, definitely. one of my favorite movies of his, it's very underrated, in my opinion, is a Walter Hill film by the name of um, uh, Johnny Handsome. Yeah, it's, he plays It's like fucking a, yeah. great, man, and he does a tremendous job in it. Morgan Freeman's in it. It's yep. just a really, really good movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Bill, but I highly oh, I recommend not. it. Oh, yeah, you'd love it. I know it. what it is, but I haven't had a chance to see it, no. Yeah, check it out. He's like a low-level gangster, kind of, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like one from a few years ago, too, which I own it, and now I'm trying to draw in a blank on, uh, on the name of it, but it's a... Uh, it's based on a book from the guy that wrote the um, the Justified books, the TV show, the Justi- Justified. 
Mm-hmm. He wrote the he wrote those books and oh, there's an old Paul Newman film now too that he had written the book for that where Paul Newman was an Indian. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, I think I know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. So anyway, I, this yeah. mm-hmm. this guy wrote all these kind of you know neo western type books. Uh, he wrote this wrote this book that Mickey Rourke said Mickey Rourke's a hitman and it's got Thomas Jane in it and um, Diane Lane. And I really liked him in that too. It's called uh, Kill. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over and look because I got all my movies right here. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, that Paul that Paul Newman movie was Ombre, I believe. Ombre, yes. Yeah. Ombre is the Paul Newman movie. And the and Kill and Shot. Elmore, okay, Elmore Kill Leonard shot is the movie I'm talking about where he's a hitman. <laughs> okay, so Elmore Elmore Leonard, yeah, yeah. Elmore Leonard, yeah. Elmore Leonard is the writer. Yeah, I guess I should have been a little bit more prepared here, but. No, 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 no. Huge yeah. influence on Quentin Tarantino, Elmore. Totally. Leonard is. Yes. Yeah. Elmore Leonard was was great. Okay. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. And we like to promote different movies on here. We're not just you know it's nice going on little tangents because uh, of course everyone's concentrating on Iron Man too, but there's other things you guys can watch too. Uh, I would say the biggest change in this film, of course, is that Rhodey, who plays you know also War Machine, is no longer Terrence Howard, but it's Don. Cheadle, um, let's first, Bill. I'll get your take. Uh, do you, are you happy with Don Cheadle? I personally uh, like him better than Terrence Howard, and Terrence Howard was fine in the first movie. So, what say you? I like them both pretty pretty equally. I, I would say I like Don Cheadle a little bit better as an actor than Terrence Howard, but I have absolutely no problems with Terrence Howard. I knew going into it that there had been some issues. Uh, I don't know if it was contractually or he he had gotten into it with you know, the makers of the movie and, Mm -hmm. and I don't know the particulars of it, but I knew that he was going to be gone. And so when I was going into it, I knew Don Cheadle had come along and I was, I was just happy that they grabbed somebody like that to replace Terrence Howard, because I mean, if, if anybody can, can fill Terrence Howard's shoes or even take it to the next level, it's going to be Don Cheadle. I mean, he's, He's a phenomenal actor. Again, great resume. I have a lot mm-hmm. of his stuff too, and uh, he was he was great at ro- as as Rhodey. I will say the one thing that Mike will bring up, and I didn't know this either, but Mike, you know, being the comic book nerd that he is, he knew that uh, <sighs> in the comic books, Rhodey Terrence Howard looks much more like Rhodey from the comic books than Don Cheadle does. Is probably the only oh. Okay. Yes. There, yeah. yeah. Like honestly, yeah. when I first saw the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, perfect casting!" Because it li- literally looked like he stepped right out of the comics. Uh, Rhodey has, of course, been a big supporting um, character in the Iron Man comics for God, I don't know how long, long, long time. He even filled in for Tony in the comics as Iron Man. Like they did this whole story arc where Tony became an alcoholic. He loses the company, and believe it or not, it's the villain that Jeff. Bridges plays in the movie Abadiah Stain, who mm. took the company from Tony. Right. And I mean, we're talking, this storyline went on for like a few years where Rhodey was Iron Man. He took oh, over wow. role as Iron Man. And okay. then eventually what happens is Tony gets his shit together. He defeats Obadiah Stain. Obadiah Stain kills himself. And then eventually uh, Rhodey gets his own armor, which is, of course, the War Machine armor. And, of course, that is what his code name is in, mm-hmm. in the comics. So, yeah, I've been a big fan of Rhodey. As far as an actor goes, I think Don Cheadle's a much better actor. Mm-hmm. So the, the movie guy tells me, hell yeah. The comic book guy's like, well, he doesn't really look like Rhodey, but hey, you know. I mean, you know, it ain't that big of a deal. I mean, it's like, it's like bitching about how... Uh, 
they get uh, Ezra Miller to play the Flash. Well, in the comics, Barry Allen's got blonde hair. So, right. so, you know, it's like, well, really, is it that big of a deal? Not really. So, well, yeah. and, and this brings up an interesting point. We'll, we'll kind of diverge a little bit. So because you're such a huge comic book fan, you know it inside and out. Well, watching a movie where, you know, some of the subtleties are not perfect. Uh, does it ruin it all for you? Because I think well, with Bill and I, it doesn't because we, we just don't have well, that, that dip. Right. Knowledge. Well, yeah. it's a double edged sword, dude, because the thing about the number one, you got to uh, I do need to interject something. I don't really actively collect comic books anymore. I quit yeah. going on well over a decade ago. Yeah. Just got to be too, bu- uh, too big of an expensive habit. I wasn't sure. really caring for some of the directions they were taking the characters in. And I think I just got burned out, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Um with that being said, though, I, I do have the Marvel Unlimited app on my Amazon tablet and the DC Comics or DC Universe Un, uh, Universe Infinite or whatever, which has their whole library of comics. So I still read and dabble in comics from time to time. Um, as far as like that goes, I'm I'm a reasonable person. I can't you look. When a character who's been around as long as Iron Man or any of these characters, I mean, Spider Man's been around for sixty years now, or Something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't do that many years of comic book continuity in a two-hour film. I mean, one of the things I chuckle, especially about the MCU Spider-Man, is the fact that, like, he's got this suit with all this technology. Now, in the movies, they have Tony Stark designing that suit. And I get it, because they want to get to point A to point B as quickly as possible. And in the comic books, Peter eventually sets up his own tech company Mm -hmm. and and. Parker Industries, and he creates that costume. Ah, there you he go. He creates that technology. But again, you can't do, you know, it's impossible. And I guess they wanted to get Spidey his tech as soon as possible. So how do you do it? Oh, he, you know, they they have Tony mentor him. Not that Tony and Peter don't kind of have that relationship in the comics. They kind of do, but not as strong as it is in the film. And I'm fine with that, man. Like, look, especially when you're doing films, I always feel that when it comes to comic book superheroes, the best versions, especially I'm hoping to see more television shows because mm-hmm. especially the streaming because comic books is a serialized you know form of fiction. Sure. And I think it translates better to a serialized format, you know, mm-hmm. there's just only so much you can do in a film. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, OK, so we'll get into the actual film itself. Um, so you see the film. You, It's a little I wouldn't say tropey, but there are, there are certain things that are standard they like you know tony's having a little issues with his health because of what this <laughs> the you know the arc is doing to his system and he starts to kind of lose it a little bit um so how, how do you guys feel like did you do you enjoy iron man 2 as much as one do you think it was a step down um uh, just give me your thoughts about uh the sequel either then and now because I'm, I'm assuming you kind of rewatched it and we'll start with bill i liked it almost as much as the first one i mean i the one that lost me was the third one, mm-hmm. but um, no, I, I really enjoyed the second one, you know, with the, the introduction of, you know, Black Widow mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and the evolution of War Machine and and some of those things that you could see were going to be major steps that, you know, you're getting more into to shield at this point. All those things kind of evolving the universe were very interesting to me and. And and just the, the cast, the cast was great. You know, we talked about Mickey Rourke already, but also you had uh, Sam Rockwell. I I'm a huge fan of Sam Rockwell. I think yeah, he's great. and having him come in as Justin Hammer 
uh, and playing off of Tony was was great. And of course, Sam's in it a little bit more, Samuel Jackson. So, no, it was it was cool. Um, and like I said, introducing Scarlett Johansson to the universe. So I really enjoyed Iron Man two. I'd say close to the same level as Iron Man one. I wouldn't put it much much down below for me. They're they're pretty equal to me. Okay, how about you, Mike? Okay, um, <laughs> strap it in. <laughs> well, for one thing, it's, I'm glad Bill mentioned Scarlett Johansson. What a perfect, again, perfect casting. I don't think they could have gotten a better Natasha Romanoff. I mean, she looks literally like she stepped right out of the comics. Um, and it's interesting that they have her working for Stark. Now, in the comic books, though, Natasha wasn't always a good guy. She, again, like they reveal later in the Black Widow films, the Black Widow thing was they were assassins. And Natasha was a villain when she was first introduced in Iron Man. She was actually a spy for the KGB. Um, cause again, right. this is the 60s, folks. So, you know, and yeah, she was uh, she started out as a villain and then she hooks up with Hawkeye. And people forget in the comic books, Hawkeye was a criminal before he became a hero. Mm-hmm. And then he reformed and he became Avenger. So she had a romance with Hawkeye. Um, that's way before Hawkeye got married and had the kids, which they don't seem to really touch upon that in the movie. It's just like <laughs> no. him and Natasha have been really, really good friends, but they were more than that at one time. Okay. Natasha's been with a few guys. Let's just put it that way. Not that I'm putting her down, because hey, man, she look at Tony Stark. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 Well, she had a fling with Tony too. She's had a yeah. fling with uh, the Hulk, Hercules. She's been with a lot of different uh, Daredevil. She had a really long relationship with Daredevil in the comic books. But yeah, you couldn't have gotten a better Black Widow. Um, I thought she was fantastic. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, loved him as Justin Hammer. It's interesting though, because in the comic books, Justin Hammer is older. He's older than he is in the movie. He's older than Tony. But, man, just as ruthless. He's Tony Stark gone bad. That's who Justin Hammer is. I I love that. I also love the fact that you had Gary Shanling as politician. And then you find out he's an agent of HYDRA. That was great. Um, that's, that, that Senate hearing in the beginning is great with the, when they go oh, back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was hilarious. That was hilarious, man. And uh, I will say this. At the time when I went to see it, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I felt a little, I think the fight between Tony or Iron Man and War Machine and Titanium Man should have been longer than it was. I know that's one of the complaints that um, uh, Mickey Rourke had is I guess they cut a few scenes and he was like, what, you, what the fuck you call it? cut that for? You know, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, sometimes with movies, you got to kind of, you know, you got to trim the fat sometimes. I think sometimes they go a little too far with it, especially Warner Brothers with their DC films. But that's a whole mm-hmm. other rant, a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I, I i would say it's it's damn good man it's almost as good as the, i think the original one's a bit better but mm-hmm. it's a damn good sequel it's a damn good sequel right one and thing it, I, yeah one go thing ahead. i was gonna say just to add to it is i had a little bit of an inkling of of who iron man was and i had i had a couple iron man comic books when i was a kid like i said in real lot but i had I you were a casual guy. He was he wasn't new to me like Black Widow was. I didn't know who that was mm-hmm. until she stepped on her. I didn't know who War Machine was. But anyway, I knew who Iron Man was, but I didn't know a whole lot about Tony Stark. And I think they had to kind of set that up in the first one. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. got to be full-on, arrogant, cocky Tony Stark in the second one. And that's one of the things that I loved because Tony Stark is a superhero that that I can look up to a superhero that's not afraid to be like, yeah, 
I'm fucking awesome because I'm a superhero. <laughs> you know, he he's not humble. And no. that's one of the reasons that's one of the things I love about Tony Stark is him not being humble and him being arrogant and just kind of throwing stuff in people's face. I think it's hilarious. And he got to do that a lot in this second. second oh, yeah. Movie. And that's well, one of the things that I really loved about it. Is he got to sure. be full on Tony Stark now because they've done the character development in the first one. And, and nobody's better at doing that than Robert Downey Jr. He's got that done. Right. To his science. And I, you know, I think we brought this up, probably Metal Mike and I did in the first Iron Man episode. Many people like Bill and I really were introduced to Iron Man because of the, uh, because of this, these two films and eventually three mm-hmm. films and the Avengers. So they could pretty much start with a blank slate. And I think it was impressive that uh, John Favreau, especially, stayed true to the hardcore fans like Mike, but then basically made it uh, accessible enough for someone like Bill and I to, to really be introduced and, and enjoy it at the same time. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's your if you're going to adapt somebody's stuff, especially if, a, if not just comics, but any IP, it, you should try to stay as true to it as possible and yet make it accessible. I mean, that's that's because there is a lot of people that don't know. I mean, I'm not one of those fucking weirdos that expect them to com- to stick to every minute detail. Sure. Y- you, you can't. It's impossible. It's it is possible. Um, and, and also for a character like Iron Man, like I knew who Iron Man was and I'm sure a few other, but there was a lot of people, casual people that didn't know, have a clue about Iron Man. No, you know, to, to me, um, he's, he, I, it's weird. Like in the, in the Marvel universe itself, in the comic book universe, he's always been a big deal. He's fucking Tony Stark, but, and yeah, his comic books sold. Okay. He did well. It wasn't like he was ever in danger of getting canceled or anything, um, and I don't mean in a cancel culture kind of way. Ladies. No, no, but just just but, continued, yeah. But um, you know, he was never a household name. He's not Spider Man. He's not the Hulk. He's Captain just America. not one of those con- iconic characters. He is now because of the movies. That's right. But because that is one gripe I do have with some superhero films. When you have a character who's as iconic as say Superman, why are we fucking around with the origin story? Right. We exactly. should. We Batman. really shouldn't have to. It's fucking Superman or Batman. Yep. It's like I, I noticed, you know, we were watching the new preview to the Batman and Bill's like, man, don't you think they've got a lot, awful lot going on here? And I'm going, yeah, no, because like, again, everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody yep. knows who Catwoman is. They know they know most of these characters. So to me, no, as long as they balance everything out and it's. Yeah. A good story, which I know the source material that they're they're basing this movie on. It, I think this may be the best Batman movie yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I really do like that guy's work. I loved what he did with the Planet of the Apes movies, so I'm really anxious to see what he does with Batman. And from what I understand, he's pretty much he's had to fight, but he's had creative control over this movie, which that's a good thing because it seems to me that Warner Brothers has this tendency want to fuck with their directors and their creators and just fuck everything up. <laughs> well, going back to Iron Man, I think a lot of people, if you're especially if you're metalhead, you just think Iron Man, you think of Black Sabbath. So right. um, they kind of had a, a marketing. And I got to go back to this because you, you guys brought it up. So like all the or Mike did. Wait, <laughs> All these superheroes hooking up with each other. It's kind of like the Olympic Village. You're all in one place, so the, you just you have no other choice to but to hook up. Well, so we'll, yeah, go ahead. It, well, it also makes sense to a certain extent too. If you look at it this way, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of my ex girlfriends were girls that I met that I worked with. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, you're not supposed to have, you know, relations with your fellow staff members. But let's be fucking <laughs> honest. It happens, ladies oh, sure. and gentlemen, you know. So it's like, so why do wouldn't superheroes, especially on a team, hook up? The answer is they would. Absolutely. It's just, yeah. it's just normal, you know, so. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. So you guys just rewatch this. Is there anything you would have added or changed um, to the final hour? Or are you just happy with with the way it turned out? And we'll start with Metal Mike. Overall, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. It was it, I got to admit, I liked it the first time I seen it. But rewatching it with Bill, I realized, man, this movie's really, really good. It mm-hmm. kind of changed my opinion on it a little bit because I always thought that like Iron Man was an A plus and, you know, Iron Man 2 is kind of like a B plus. I'd give it an A minus now upon okay. Viewing it again. Um, my only real complaint is I wish the battle between Titanium Man and War Machine and Iron Man had been a bit more, you know, epic. Mm-hmm. But other than that, man, it was a really cool film and the way it sets stuff up, of course, for the future films. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. I think it's it's good stuff. Awesome. Bill. Yeah, I, I'd agree with Mike that the the fight at the end should have been longer. It, it got over so quick. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that I had forgotten about, and Mike had too when we rewatched mm-hmm. it, uh, was Mike said early on in the movie, this was before it happened, he was talking about how, you know, if there was a real life Iron Man, and I mean, I'm not, I don't think he's saying that this guy is is, is as arrogant as, as Tony, although maybe he is, I don't know, we don't know him personally, but he said if there was a real life Iron Man, it'd be Elon Musk. Yeah, absolutely. And That's then, a great call. <laughs> and then he says that, and then 15 minutes into the movie, Pepper's, you know, walking through, and, and there's Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. He actually gets up and shakes hands with Robert Downey Jr., and, and Tony, like, brushes him off like he doesn't have time for him. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. And and I had forgotten that he had a cameo in there. And, I did, too. Uh, you know, I mean, that was 2010. Obviously, he was a big deal. Not as big of a deal, I think, as he is now in 2022. But, you know, uh, that was still pretty cool to get a guy like that in the movie and and uh, do some of that kind of stuff. I don't know that there's a whole lot that I would I would change. The, like I said, the main thing is just like what Mike said, the the fight at the end is the is the main thing. It could have, sure. could have been a little longer. It just seemed like they, they built it up, built it up, built it up. And then it was over before you knew it. Right. 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 Yeah. right. Um, and I think that, uh, the Elon Musk comparison or whatever it was. Yeah, it is valid, especially like with the, what, what he's done with rockets where you literally have rockets landing like they did in those old science fiction films. I'm like, how in the fuck did he figure right. out how to do that? And I hear he is actually working on like an exoskeleton type suit, man. I yeah. don't know if that's true, but I, so I'm going, holy shit, man. Like th- <laughs> this guy really is a real life Tony he's kinda, Stark. He's kind of like the modern day Howard Hughes in many ways. Well, yeah. it, what's funny is Stan Lee based Tony Stark on, on Howard. Howard Hughes. That's right. That's right. Because you got to remember when Iron Man was created, you know, everybody 60s. was anti-Vietnam War and all this. Yep. And and Stan was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the guy who makes weapons yep. the hero. I'm yep. going to make all these peace-loving. And it's not that Stan Lee was like anti-hippie. He wasn't no. at all. But he was like, I'm going to make these, these peace-loving people 
root for this guy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and it worked, man. Yeah. Stan and Jack and Steve and all those guys, they they were fucking geniuses, man. Oh, they were. Absolutely. And it stands the test of time. All of the, any character that can last, uh, you know, oh, yeah. plus. Yeah. The other uh, CEO who arguably was more famous at the time was Oracle's uh, Larry, Larry Ellison, who was kind of eccentric, too, because he mm-hmm. bought his own island, I think, in I forgot where it was, but he basically took <laughs> over an island. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so all we're missing now is Jeff Bezos, and we have the trifecta. I think. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Jeff Bezos, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll leave, it, I'll leave it on that. Thank you guys so much for doing this, and uh, thank you guys for bringing your knowledge. And uh, I know the Metal Mike show's on a little bit of a hiatus as we're recording this, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be back soon. And again, these episodes are evergreen, as so by the time you download it, it'll be as back. As soon as I possibly can, folks. I mean, believe yeah. it. I'm. I, and, and it's funny because Sarah just told me a while back, People keep asking me when you're going to come back. When are you? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, Sarah. It's taken a lot longer than I thought it was going to. I yep. mean, because then I had that trip in Cincinnati. And people have to remember, I bought my tickets and everything way in advance. I thought this mobile home bullshit would be off my back by then. And because of that, now with the COVID and everything else, like, fuck. So, yes, I am going to try to come back as soon as possible. I ain't going to lie, though, man. I still got a bit of work to do, so it might be a while. I want this thing off my back completely before I start resuming my radio stuff. So, Well, the great thing is there's multiple episodes with Bill and Mike on Damn Good Movie Memories. Mike's still doing some episodes with Bushy and the Plug podcast, so check that as well. Also, if you need your fix, it's still out there and you can download them anytime you want. So again, guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. Metal Mike promo take one. Tune in every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern for the Metal Mike show featuring DJ Metal Mike and his co-host DJ Bill Doe. Bill Doe? Is that right, Scott? Yeah, it, it, it's Bill Doe. Bill Doe. Like, like the sex toy? Dildo? Yeah, but with a B. Dildo. All right, whatever. Stupid. Go again. Metal Mike promo take two. Tune in every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern here at ThatMetalStation.com for the Metal Mike Show featuring DJ Metal Mike and his co-host, DJ Bildo. Dude, all right, Scott, I can't say Bildo. It sounds too much like Dildo, like a sex toy. Well, for Mike it is. Fuck. All right, whatever. Let's go again. Metal Mike promo take three. Tune in every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern for the Metal Mike show featuring Metal Mike and co-host Bildo right here on ThatMetalStation.com. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.